0: Hey hey everybody, welcome back to the That's What She Said podcast. I'm your host Delaney and today we're going to be talking about STIs. I'm here with Melissa. Melissa would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi Delaney, it's so good to see you. <laughs> um, my name is Melissa, I'm a registered nurse here in Ontario. I um have a lot of history working with maternal child programs, so a lot of pregnancy, labor delivery, that kind of background, and currently I work in the neonatal intensive care unit as well as pediatrics, so a lot of women's health.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I'm actually so excited for this podcast because I think I'm going to learn a lot about everything too. Um, Melissa actually did my sex ed in grade 6, she came to our school because our teacher's weren't really comfortable, I guess, doing the sex ed. Yeah, they kind
1: of reached out. They they needed they needed a little bit of assistance. They just weren't as comfortable speaking to all of the different components of the sexual education component that was part of the grade six curriculum. I agreed, and yeah, I came and taught you guys because uh, my oldest daughter is actually a really good friend of the ladies.
0: Yeah, I think we should say that too. Um, Yeah, I think that was really good that they did that because a lot of people, teachers I find, don't have the resource for it and just kind of wing it and aren't providing students with like good enough information and are kind of sending students out into the world with a lack thereof um, of science-based information. Also, <laughs> Melissa was really good. I remember I don't know if you remember this, I think
1: I remember. You know where I'm going with amazing. this. <laughs> I think I remember
0: what we were talking about. There was it. a car ride where I was near the time I was like thinking about losing my virginity yeah. and I was like, "Melissa, I've got some questions." So <laughs> she's always been a really good resource for me and I'm excited for her to kind of fill the gap for A lot of listeners about some some issues that a lot of people are uninformed about. I asked my friend the other day. I'm like, do you know how many people you have to sleep with to get an STI? And she Mm kind of just looked at me with a blank face, and she's like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe five. Like,
1: oh, so there was a number. Yeah, that
0: people people often assume that to get an STI you have to be sleeping with a lot of people, when that is absolutely not the case. Right. Um, if you just have to – it can happen by one person. It can be hap- happen by a boyfriend. It doesn't – or a girlfriend. It can really
1: – There's lots of ways to get STIs, and I think people lose sight of that. It yeah. doesn't even actually always have to be a um, an actual penetration sexual experience, right? Genital rubbing can cause STIs. Drug use, when you share needles, can wow. cause a- actual STIs because STIs can be um, – from vaginal secretions, um, they can be from bodily fluids. They can also be from uh, like a bloodborne infection, right? So yeah. if you're talking about your HIV, that kind of thing. So there is a lot of misconceptions as to how do I get an STI mm-hmm. think, out there, and there is a lot of shaming around an STI. Yeah. And really, back in my day, we used to call them STDs, which is awful. It's an awful word because it's it just, is it's a disease, right? It it's an infection. Yeah. You know, it may be cured. It may be one that isn't curable, but we can kind of contain it and manage it. And I think there needs to be a lot of focus around that. So we're not shaming so that we can have open and honest conversations with our partners because mm-hmm. that's how we can limit this. Right. And get it a little bit more under control and allow ourselves a little bit of control over it as well.
0: Yeah. What would you say people who you see who have an STI, what is their kind of reaction when they find out that they have one for the most part?
1: I think for the most part, it's really... Well, it is. It's very upsetting. You need to allow them time to feel that upset. Mm -hmm. You need to allow them time to kind of work through their emotions. It's a physical thing, but there's a big emotional component to it. There's a lot of shock. And then there's a, a big fear of, well, how did I get it? And that's one of the things that's really hard about STIs is because you might not know who gave it to you. Yeah. You can be asymptomatic for years with some STIs. And unless you get tested, you won't know. Mm -hmm. So if you have, you know, five sexual partners over, say, five years, you're not going to have a clue where you got that if it was one of these asymptomatic STIs.
0: And is penis owners and vulva owners both can be asymptomatic, correct? Correct.
1: Correct. So basically, there are symptomatic STIs, there are asymptomatic STIs. Um, Kind of a good rule of thumb... For, you know finding out if you have an STI is first things is if you have any symptoms at all so symptoms can be little things so oh you know I'm a little bit itchy you know oh I have a little bit of a rash and and we quickly do this oh it's probably I changed the detergent or
0: mm-hmm. something like that
1: it might not be you need to keep a close eye on it any kind of vaginal discharge so vaginal discharge normal Right? We all get it, depending yeah. on where we're cycling. But if the vaginal discharge has a smell, if it is a different consistency, or it's got a color to it that's not what's typical for your cycle pattern, needs to be looked at. Um, any kind of penile discharge that's abnormal for you, again, needs to be looked at. Any kind of lump, bump, lesion, even if you think you can explain it away, just have it looked at. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is, is before you decide you want to have sex, you should really go and make an appointment with your doctor. So rule of thumb is 21 years old or just before you want to have sex, go to your doctor. Whichever one comes first and just kind of say, hey, I just want to talk about my sexual health. Yeah. It's important. You talk about your sexual health because my rule of thumb is... and. My daughter will tell you because it embarrasses her. But if you're not mature enough to talk about it, you're not ready to have it.
0: Yeah. You
1: need to be safe. Right. So any kind of, like I said, burning with urination, things like that, you need to tell your doctor and you need to be open and honest with your doctor or your nurse. Your healthcare Mm -hmm. professional is just there to work through all of this with you. And then if you find out you have an STI, we can connect you. There's a big emotional component to it. And the expectation is that in a perfect world, you will go to your partner and share this information.
0: Yeah. So how would you recommend people kind of start up that conversation when they have received their test and they're positive for an STI? I
1: think that... So there's a couple of different takes on it, I think. If you're in a relationship where... You're with one partner, and you discover that you have an STI. I think you need to take it more from a point of caring for one another, and I don't, I don't think you need to jump in and be like, "I have herpes,"
0: because <laughs> yeah. you're
1: going to shock them, right? So I think it's it's more of a you know, hey, I need to talk to you about something because I care about you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, you know, I went to the doctor. I found out I have an infection. This is, what, this is what I found out. Whether it was found out through a urine test or a blood test, you can get all in depth, but you, you wanna bring it from a conversation point of I'm caring for you. Mm-hmm. If, if you're in that committed relationship, which you might not be. If you're not in that caring relationship and maybe, and it's totally okay, you're just on Tinder and you, know, you <laughs> swiped and you're like, okay, yeah, I like it. I think that conversation still needs to be had yeah. Because I think you need to do it from a, a place of respect then. Just like human respect. Not, I respect you because I'm going to sleep with you. Just a level of human respect. I need you to know that, you know, I have gonorrhea or I have... And generally people who are in that kind of a situation are a little bit more forthcoming, I think. Yeah. With being able to talk about it. Because even if you have an STI, it doesn't mean you're never going to have sex again.
0: True. <laughs> right? There
1: are ways to prevent them. There are ways to treat them. It's when we leave them and do nothing about them. But I think that dependent on the relationship you're in depends on how you go forward with sharing with your partner. Yeah. Um, some partners might be like, you know what? I'm just not down for that. And I think at some point you just need to respect that and be like, okay,
0: I get yeah. it. Right? So is it possible that someone who has receives their has an sdi has sex with someone and that person does not have it is it a hundred percent that they will transmit it um
1: so it depends on the actual no it's not a hundred percent so nothing in the world is ever a hundred percent fair
0: um
1: so if i have sex with somebody who has herpes but you know we use a condom we have you know vaginal sex I'm not guaranteed 100% to get it, no. mm-hmm. But my risk is high, right? Even
0: if they are using a condom.
1: Yes, my risk is still high. So, and, and different things are, are less risky, right? If they're, say they have herpes, but they're, they're not in an outbreak. So you don't, you might not see lesions. Like these mm-hmm. are things you might, they might have herpes, but you might not see any signs of an infection. So you won't know, always. Um, but the, the risk of catching something like herpes is less if they don't have any sores at the time and you use a condom. Yeah. Right? So it's not 100% that you're going to get one every single time. It's. Um...
0: But if there's no condom in use.
1: Oh, yeah. Then your gonna... really risk goes up, right? So you're going to yeah. do your risk assessment every single time. It's, you know, okay, well, what's my risk assessment? Yeah. There are ways to make it better. So if you had a partner who had um. Say herpes. Let's just because we're going with herpes. So I'm going to keep yeah, all okay. <laughs> So you have a partner who has herpes, and your partner comes to you from a caring place and goes, "You know, I'm so sorry to tell you this because I'm also dealing with it. I went to the doctor's today and I found out I have an infection and I am actually I have an outbreak of herpes, genital herpes. Because there's two types of herpes too, mm-hmm. right? I have an outbreak of genital herpes. There's ways that now we can have this conversation, and if we decide to continue our relationship and our sexual relationship, there are ways that I can then protect my partner. I use a barrier, like a condom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I, if I'm in an active outbreak and I have sores, uh, herpes is a virus. So, like I said before, STIs can be bloodborne, bacterial, or virus people who have herpes and have outbreaks, they go on antiviral medications to kind of keep the outbreaks at bay. Okay. And when they do have outbreaks and have sores, the antiviral medication that they just take orally kind of quickly fastens the the growth rate so that then the healing comes up quicker so that they don't have those outbreaks. And then the sores are less likely to appear, which means that there's no break in that skin, which is one of our first barriers of protection right Mm -hmm. so there are things we can do right you don't have sex when you're in an outbreak you take antiviral meds and you use a barrier like a condom
0: yeah so for things like bacterial vaginosis Mm -hmm. so a penis owner they can't have that correct correct but they can carry it to other women that's
1: correct yeah
0: so if they if the penis owner went to get tested yeah would he come back with any result
1: you know what i actually i'm I'm gonna say I have no idea. <laughs> Interesting. An excellent question. I don't know. Hmm. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Something to look into.
1: But it can be transmitted. But it can be transmitted. Yeah. So, and I'm a big, I'm I'm big on open sex. It's like, sex is healthy. Sex mm-hmm. should not be shamed, and it should be communicated and talked about because it's a natural part of everybody's life.
0: Yeah. Of okay. course.
1: But in saying that, I am such a big advocate of condoms, always. Even if you know you're um, on the birth control pill. Okay, fine, but please, please, please use a condom, because you mm-hmm. just don't know what that other person has. Like you're saying, you know, can they can transmit, but they don't actually suffer for from it themselves. If there's a condom on,
0: the it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I'm big on, I'm big on that whole use of condoms. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. It's our number one barrier.
0: Um, now for things like oral sex, yeah. you can still contract an STI, correct? That's correct. You can. Okay.
1: So again, um, condoms, there's something else out there called, um,
0: a dental, a dental dam. Yeah.
1: So, I'm not overly familiar with it. Okay. But there is, so for oral sex, there's a dental dam and then condoms as well. But you need to remember, because I'm big on this herpes kick for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. But I'm big on this herpes kick. Sores sometimes may even be like around, like if you were giving oral sex to a penis owner, the, they can still have sores around the base. Mm-hmm. So, you still need to be very careful
0: when okay. sex. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And for females engaging sex w- with other females, mm-hmm. they c- or other vagina owners, how can they protect themselves?
1: Okay, so it's a little bit trickier, right? Yeah. Because condoms are easy, right? Mm-hmm. Condoms are easy. So same kind of thing, and um, you're just never going to have, ideally... You're never gonna have if you're talking herpes again, same thing no no sexual contact when there's open source, no oral contact when there's open source things like that um, or um again, the best way to do it because it's a little bit it's a little bit riskier to protect yourself It's harder to protect yourself because we don't have the the luxury of having a condom um, I would ideally test test test
0: yeah, yeah. Now, okay, I went to get tested, and mm-hmm. I called the Oshawa Health. Sexual or Health Clinic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they told me, they were like, okay, like, we can book you in for an online appointment. How do you yeah. feel about these online appointments? I
1: hate them. <laughs> because hate them. I've oh, learned,
0: I'm like, well, what if I don't have any symptoms, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. how is an over-the-phone really going to tell me if I have an infection or not? So
1: it's not. It's, it's not, not. Okay. If, if the virtual appointment was to talk about, um, your sexual health in the way that, you know, maybe you had an experience that you needed to talk about where mm-hmm. maybe there was an issue with consent or something like that, then that's fine. Like you can talk that out. but really the nitty gritty is I need you to do a pap smear. I need you to, let me give you a urine sample. I need you to do some blood work. Yeah. Okay. That's how you you need testing, mm-hmm. right? Um, I would recommend testing, like I said before, before you have sex for the first time. I would recommend getting tested, um, and or your 21st birthday if you haven't had sex before. Then I would recommend just going and having a full sexual health checkup at that point, just to mm-hmm. have a conversation with your doctor about you know birth control, um, you know safe sex, that kind of thing. Um, I would also recommend that you get tested. Before you... It's hard. Okay, so i got to preface this with it's hard because I know that the culture of sex is very different now than it was maybe when I was in my early 20s. Um, But I would recommend um, before you had a new partner to have that same kind of sexual health checkup. Mm -hmm. I say that it's a little bit harder now because I have friends as well, like I said, who use, you know... Tinder and Bumble and all of those things so you're not going to go between every single sexual partner if you're having sex with somebody different once a week or you know what I yeah. mean like that's, that's not a realistic plan um, but I would recommend between sexual partners and then I would also recommend any time where there was any question of consent um, or if there was a sexual assault always after mm-hmm. that Um, Another time that I usually recommend a full sexual health clinic visit, so again, not this virtual visit, but a clinic visit, is um, if you're at a party, right? Like, you're at a party, and you have one drink, and you swear you had one drink, and then you don't remember what happened. Yeah. You need a sexual health checkup. You need to be checked.
0: Is that often that people come in for that? Yes. That is... That's yeah. really responsible that it's people good. are coming yeah. in for it's that. Good.
1: It's what you want to see, right? Yeah. Um, so those are the times that I kind of recommend it. The virtual appointment? No. I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. not a big fan of the virtual appointments, I have a hard time with them. And I know that given today's climate with COVID and everything else, um, that it's more the way it goes. But we need to be in our doctor's office. We need mm-hmm. to be having these tests done.
0: Yeah. Because you can't
1: tell me over the phone.
0: If you, what if if I don't have symptoms? Yeah. And you can't ask
1: me to just send you those pictures. (laughs) No. Right? There's a little little bit about that. So you can't do that,
0: right? Interesting. Yeah, Mm. I did end up going into a walk-in clinic and getting tested and stuff. And there's so much stigma. I think I Uh, told someone, I was like, oh, I'm going to get tested. Why? Well,
1: like. Because I'm taking care of my sexual health. Yeah.
0: Yeah um how common I with my experience from like high school sex ed is was very fear-based education so it was like (laughs) don't have sex like kind of pushing you and not really realistic yeah and same with STIs it was very like fear-based and it didn't get
1: it it's the end yeah and that (laughs) you're this
0: dirty person Which, obviously, I want to be as protected as possible, mm-hmm. yeah. but I kind of, myself, had, like, done some research, and I didn't realize yeah. how common they are for vagina owners to experience an STI. So, you know what, it's funny, because you asked me to do this, and I was like,
1: oh my goodness, I need to look at some stuff. And then I was like, I'm not going to make it too statty, and that's the way I am, because okay. I'm a university, like, well, I have lots of university, but... I found one stat that I just need to share because I was like, Oh my goodness, this is absolutely ridiculous. So the who just published on November 22nd, 2021. So the who is the world health organization. Mm-hmm. So they look at the overall health of all the entire world, but it's mental health. It's physical health. It's sexual health. That's a big piece of what they do, but more than 1 million STIs around, um, are acquired every day worldwide. And the majority of those are asymptomatic. Wow. A million a day. One million STIs a day around the world. And majority of them are asymptomatic. Yeah. So that person that goes to you, what do you mean you're going to the clinic to get checked, Delaney? They could have an STI. Yeah,
0: they really could. They may know
1: it. And that's why they're saying that. Or yeah. they may not know it, and that's why they're saying that, right? So mm-hmm. it comes from that fear base that you were saying you were learning in high school.
0: Is you're a dirty person if yeah. you have an STI when it's like now from kind of, yeah, looking into it myself and stuff. I read a stat uh, for the States that was, yeah. I believe, 80% of women experience an yeah. STI in their lifetime. Yeah. It's like, that's a that's a lot of people. It is.
1: It's so many. And you know what? You need to know, and the reason... The reason that I say this is that, so remember when we talked about like STIs can be sexually transmitted through needles because mm-hmm. there's bloodborne. Another way that STIs are um, transmitted that a lot of people don't realize is um, maternal fetal transfer. Well, maternal mm. newborn transfer, I should say. So again, herpes, because it's just rolling off my tongue today <laughs> for some reason. So herpes is one of those ones. Um, A mom, you need to know if you have an STI because if you're, you know, healthy well, you're asymptomatic, you're feeling great, you're in a relationship or you're in a sexual relationship with somebody, you get pregnant. You're like, oh yeah, I love this. I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to have this baby. This is what I'm going to do. You go through your pregnancy. There's that, you know, I need to be honest with my healthcare worker. (laughs) I can't stress it enough. Please tell your healthcare workers because your, your obstetrician will ask you, you know, do you have any STIs? One of the times that you'll actually get tested for STIs and they may tell you or they may not tell you is when you're pregnant. They'll do a panel where they do like uh, an HIV test, things like that, because HIV is also another one of those ones that's very complicated for mm-hmm. babies, right? Because it's a blood-borne infection. But with herpes, One of the ways that we test is we actually kind of swab with a Q-tip on one of the sores when we see them. That's one of the ways we can find. But if you don't disclose that you have herpes to your OBGYN and you get pregnant, if you have an outbreak at the time of your delivery and you have a vaginal delivery, the baby can catch herpes. Yeah. And it can make them incredibly sick. And if the baby catches herpes, it can be fatal. And they wind up coming back to the hospital with fever and we have to do a full septic workup on them where we do a lumbar puncture or a spinal tap. And it's a, it's a whole bunch of antibiotics and it can be, well, it can be fatal to the baby. Whereas if we knew we would, and you were having an outbreak at the time of delivery, we would schedule you for a C-section Mm -hmm. because then you don't that baby doesn't pass through the vaginal canal
0: yeah and there's no shame in that no
1: and it's protecting everybody yeah and that's the big thing we want to do here is we just want to protect everybody Mm Mm-hmm. so that's just another way (laughs) it's just another way
0: we can get our STS how common is it that people you have them get a test and they have no idea that they are asymptomatic would you say that's fairly common majority of the time wow like
1: majority of the time shell shock what do you mean do you mean I have an STI?
0: Interesting. And then,
1: and I think the common question is then, well, where did I get it? And a lot of times that's why I said earlier too, that it can, it can lay kind of dormant Mm -hmm. for a long time. You might not even know you have one because it does cause, I've seen it cause kind of a riff in relationships before where one of the partners tests positive and automatically assumes that the other partner is cheating and gave it to them. Yeah. But that's not always the way it is. And I've seen that a lot. But in reality, the person who tested positive might have already had it for five years and only been with this partner for two. Right?
0: Is it possible to show symptoms initially Yeah. and then symptoms go away?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So herpes. <laughs> You'll have... Um, maybe a small spot or something you'll notice either on your penis or your vagina and you'll be like, Oh, and that's why I said people try to explain it away. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's, you know, it's an ingrown hair. It's, uh, you know, maybe I have a boil, maybe I changed my soap and then I washed my panties or my boxer shorts in a different detergent. Now I've got this spot. Then this spot heals and the spot goes away. So then you're like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. Right? Because all of those things do happen. People do get ingrown hairs. People do have boils on, t- on occasion. People do change their laundry soap sometimes, and it does cause a rash. hmm And then it goes away. But then it comes back. And even though that time period where it's gone, the infection is still there. Yeah. And you can still spread it. Right? It's just less likely to spread it because you don't have that open sore. But it's still there. So then people go, oh, I'm good. But you're not. You, you need to have that checked. You need medical treatment. Mm-hmm. And there is medical treatment available. So we should.
0: So what STIs are curable? Uh, that if you get antibiotics, you can...
1: So I, I don't... I, and even curable is kind of a funny word because even HIV, right? So HIV, we have meds that can keep it kind of stagnant mm-hmm. before it becomes AIDS. And actually, I just read an article maybe two weeks ago, where I think they found the second person to ever be cured of HIV, which is
0: wow. never
1: heard of. So I think everything's kind of evolving. Um, I don't want to say anything is really 100% curable. Hmm. I'm going to say everything is manageable. Okay. Because okay. there's so many STIs. Um, but like herpes, you can keep at bay with antivirals. We give you know acyclovir. You just take it by mouth. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. The babies, when the babies come in and they have it, we give them by IV, acyclovir. Um, we can do a cocktail of medications for HIV to keep HIV kind of stagnant and kind of limit its ability to become full-blown AIDS as quick as it normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? To,
0: <sighs> what about chlamydia? chlamydia? Chlamydia is pretty common. We, and we
1: can treat because it's bacterial, mm-hmm. right? So the bacterial ones are pretty easy to treat because we can kind of get in there and kill the bug. Yeah. Right. So if you can kill the bug, you're good. Viruses kind of flare up and go, just think like, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. You get a cold, it's a virus, mm-hmm. right? So you get that same cold, like kind of over and over again, you get better and then you catch the cold again because it's a virus, but you get pneumonia it's bacterial pneumonia, not a, you know, not like a virus pneumonia, we give you a medication, it kills all that bug, that pneumonia is not coming back.
0: So that would be more similar to like chlamydia. That's right. Or gonorrhea, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Whereas, like I said, then you've got these viral ones. The viral ones are a little bit harder to contain.
0: Mm -hmm. So how, let's say you're at a point where you're you're with a partner Mm -hmm. and you'd like to have sex without a condom. Right. How would you approach that conversation? Okay, so... You, you think there should be a conversation, even if it's with a monogamous relationship.
1: Oh, yeah. No, there needs to be a conversation. <laughs> I am all about talking about it. Talk yeah. about it, talk about it, talk about it. So if you're with a partner and you're deciding that this is, you know, this is what we want to do, we want to have unprotected sex, um, I do think you, first of all, need to ask your partner to be tested. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think if somebody said no... I would be standoffish yeah I'd be like what do you mean no like if we're gonna do this we're gonna do this safely and and that's you know our decision Um, and again I would bring it from that that kind of position of caring about somebody and respecting somebody right is you know okay great we've decided we want to do this then these are the steps we need to do we need to see our doctors we need to have a full sexual health conversation with our physicians or our nurse, or our nurse practitioner. And we need to have, you know, an, an STI panel done. Mm-hmm. You know, give your urine sample. Give your blood sample. If you're a vagina owner, you have your pap done. Yeah. Right? You do it, and you wait for the results. And then, you know what? Do something cute. Plan a dinner party. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we're going to have a dinner party, and we're going to re- reveal all of our... STI results. I don't know. Yeah. I, like, seriously, just make a thing about it. Make it fun.
0: Mm-hmm. And kind of destigmatize that. Yeah.
1: If you can't talk about it, you're not ready to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And my kid would tell you, like, it's like so <laughs> so embarrassing. I like, honestly, it was funny. So I'm pro, you know, pro protected sex i guess and when my oldest child who's gonna kill me when um i knew that there was a point in her you know in her life where she was going to probably have sex yeah and we talk very open in this house about
0: it she which i think it. is awesome I,
1: yeah i know but she hate well our kids hate it but she hates it too she's like you guys are disgusting I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um and i knew that it was coming i It was funny, I don't know what hit me. I had been going to the gym, I was on my drive to the gym and for some reason I was like, oh, I'm not a responsible parent. And lots of people would say I'm not a responsible parent for doing what I did, but in my head, I was like, I'm not a responsible parent if I don't provide my child with the means to have safe sex if she chooses to have sex. Um, So I drove to the gym. And I thought about it the whole way there, and then I ran on the treadmill, and then I got back in the car, and I was sweaty. And then I went, and I drove home, and I passed Shopper's Drug Line on the way, and I was like, okay, I'm going in there. I went in there, and I bought condoms for myself, obviously. But I stood there in front of that condom rack aisle, and I felt like I was like a 15-year-old kid again. Like, I I understand, like, the (laughs) scariness of that now, (laughs) because I just stood there. And I was kind of sweaty from running. But then I started like really sweating because I stood there and I looked at all of them and it was overwhelming. It was like sizes and lubricants and ribbed and like, I was like, oh my God. And then thinking about my kid, right? I was like, I don't want her to have any of these things, but I also don't want her to have syphilis. Yeah. I also don't want her to have herpes. So I stood there. I was sweating. And I'm sure that people were watching me. Like this one man was like, are you, did you find everything you need? I was like, Oh yeah, I'm good. Like it was horrible. (laughs) Anyways, I bought a box, brought them home. and I said to her dad, where is she? And he goes, in a room. And I was like, okay. He goes, what's that? Why do you have condoms? (laughs) I was like, bought them. Just. He was like oh god is it happening i was like it's happening i'm taking them to her room right now anyways i went in her room the room was pitch black and all i said was hey i'm home it was like she knew she was like mm-hmm. i said so i figure that you're at a point where you're gonna be thinking about maybe having sex and i don't want you to get an sti and if you get an sti it's okay or i don't want you to have a teen pregnancy but Again, we could deal with it if we talk about it. And all she said was, Mom, I need you to shut up right now. <laughs> and she put her head under the blankets. And I said, well, hold on. I'm just going to turn on the light. She says to me, do not turn on the light. Whatever you do, drop whatever you have and leave right now. I was like, hmm. I was like, well, I do want to talk about what I'm. No, I don't. I was like, well, are you sure? Like, do you-, you know how to. Use-? She was like, Mom. Out of the room, out of the room, out of the room now. Just drop it and leave. I was like, okay. So I put it down and I walked out. And I thought, huh, I don't know if that was a good idea or a bad idea. <laughs> My kid will tell you it was a really bad idea, but you know what? If you can't talk about it, yeah, you're not ready, right? So if you're in a committed relationship and this your partner is like, hey, I want to you know, try unprotected sex. Okay, Absolutely. But you need to be able to talk about it. Mm Because until you can talk freely, you're not ready either.
0: And then, like I said, just
1: do something fun, right?
0: My kid now talks openly enough about it. (laughs) Still thinks I talk way too much about it. What's your advice to parents who are kind of in that position about how do you bring up the conversation? I think it's a comfort
1: level. Mm -hmm. A A lot of my friends would never have the conversations that I have. Um with my kids Uh, I think I think it's a comfort level I would encourage it because I think that if your children can't come and talk to you about the hard things you don't want them going and talking to somebody else and thinking that it takes five people that you have sexual intercourse or sexual relationships with that to get an STI
0: yeah
1: right because then if you're not going to give them the right information they're going to information
0: seek anyways they might get the wrong information. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of my peers, and me included, like in the past, I got a lot of my information from other peers mm-hmm. who Which are they also don't know. Un- uneducated. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then when I was in the doctor's office getting my STI mm-hmm. check and I asked I talked to the nurse and I was like, ah, you know, and I don't think she was the best person because yeah. I was like, I feel like there's a lot of questions I have about my body. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of looked at me and she's like, well, you can find anything on the internet. Granted, that's Mm, true, but there's a lot of information on the internet that isn't really true. Exactly. So, I mean, you're in
1: university, you know, right? The difference between just a Google search of, you know, I I don't know, a Google search of COVID-19 versus a peer-reviewed journal of COVID-19. You Mm -hmm. understand that that peer-reviewed is kind of the gold standard and... Anybody can put anything they want on the internet. Yeah. Right? Um, there are some great sites though. So it's funny because I did some, I, well, I kind of always do some looking because I'm a bit of a nerd, but the World Health Organization actually doesn't have a great amount of information, but um, it's. I just want to make sure I get it right because it is amazing. And I actually wrote it down so that I wouldn't mess it up. Okay, so it's sex and u like s-e-x-a-n-d just the letter u.ca okay. it's a canadian website and it is amazing and when you get onto it it's got the top bar and the top bar has a bunch of tabs one is all about stis and then when you scroll down and you click on each individual sti it tells you the symptoms the treatments how you can protect yourself but then there's other things on there there's tabs about um you know your it's actually just your body there is a tab about pregnancy. There is a tab about uh, STIs and your sexual health. There's uh, a sexual activity. There's a whole tab on consent, which amazing. is very important. Yeah. Um, an LGBTQ plus tab and, you know, sexual attraction versus, you know, gender dysphoria. I think it's amazing. Like
0: mm-hmm. if you can
1: link that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that would be yeah. Good because it's good information.
0: That is. Because...
1: Getting information from your peers when they're not educated on it either mm-hmm. is not good. But this is easy, right? Anybody can look at it, and it's it's done in a it's done in a really good way. And you can actually there's a button, so it's all in French or all in English too.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I asked at one point. I was like, oh, you know, I had unprotected sex. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. someone I'm in a relationship with. Like, and I asked my peer, I'm like, do you think? There, I could have one, and she, she kind of looked at me, and she's like, you'd know. No. But you wouldn't know. You wouldn't
1: know. You wouldn't know, no. <laughs> like, you wouldn't. And it's it's that it's that having those conversations with your friends, and, and they're like, oh, no, you're fine. Well, really? How do you know I'm fine? Yeah. You I'm fine? Right?
0: And you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is scary. So it was good,
1: though. Kudos for you for going, mm-hmm. because it's hard, right? And then you're sitting there and you're like, oh my gosh, should I make a mistake? Should I leave? And then what they it comes back positive
0: for something. What am yeah. I gonna do? And then a lot of they ask some questions that are kind of, I don't know, like they ask you, they're like, so how many sexual partners have you had? And yeah. it's like, I don't know if I agree with that question because you can just have it from one partner. Yeah. You so can. it is kind of a, slut shaming answer or question it to is, ask to be is. like when it has nothing to do with there's no correlation with promiscuity and stis no because you just, can get it from just you can get it from just one, one. person they, who's uninformed. they
1: typically they typically ask that only because if you have if you increase your chances you're increasing the likelihood Mm-hmm. That you'll have met somebody and had a relation with somebody that may be positive. Yeah. Um. But your point is so valid, right? It only takes one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the same with pregnancy, right? It only takes one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it is kind of slut shaming as well.
0: Yeah, I remember being like, "Oh, like, did we count that one? I, I don't know." <laughs> it's <laughs> right? Right. You're like, Oh well. No. Let's see. And,
1: if, and what if I said to you, like, what, what are they going to say? What if you said to them, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how many people I've had sexual relations with. I have no idea. Like, what are they going to say? Yeah. Will speed up your test? No. You're, like, that's the other piece. I, I understand why they ask it. They ask it, like I said, increase your chances, increase your likelihood of catching something. But are you going to process my test any faster? No. No. Are you going to call me with my results any sooner? No. So why does it matter? Yeah. Why is it relevant? Right? Yeah, I don't think it's relevant. <laughs> I don't think it should have been asked. But, but uh, I'm not going to critique what other people say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Hopefully soon will be ways that we can kind of encourage people to do it and normalize getting tested.
1: Well, and it's hard to tell people to go and... You know feel like it's normal and get tested and do all of these things when we make it kind of embarrassing mm-hmm. right it doesn't need to be like that and you know one of my things is you have good nurses and you have bad nurses just like you have good people and bad people and good yeah. cops and bad p- cops but really we should be sensitive to it because it takes a lot of courage because I don't think that The social norm is that this is an easy thing to go and do and everybody does it. Mm -hmm. But it needs to be just to protect each other, right? There's a sense of community. And if I'm going to sleep with you, I don't mean you any ill will. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to show you that I'm going to protect you, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, I have another question, and I was kind of nervous about asking this, because there's so much you're like, is this a stupid question? I don't know. No, 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 no. no, But I'm going to ask.
1: Ask. I might not even know the answer, but I'm also like, I don't know. Okay.
0: (laughs) So let's say, because it is, things like chlamydia is like an infection, Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, I I compare it a lot to like, if I got a throat infection, I would go and I'd get antibiotics, and the person who gave it to me, I wouldn't be mad at them. They didn't know they had it. They got it from someone else. Now, let's say I'm having sex with just one, the same person regularly. Is it possible that we both get tested, we come back negative, Mm -hmm. and we continue to have sex that just, it's an internal organ and it manages to get infected just from having sex? Is that possible? Or is that more of like a yeast infection that might occur?
1: What do you mean? So, say it again.
0: So, we both get tested. And you're both negative. And we're both negative. Okay. And then we have sex. And we're continuing to have sex. Just us. Yeah. No one else. Is it possible to still get an STI? Uh,
1: I don't think you would be able to elude the test. Like if you were negative, you were negative. Mhm. Okay. Yeah, it's not like um. It's not like uh, it would lay dormant and not show up on the test. Okay. You, so one of the, one of the symptoms of a UTI or an STI can be um pain with intercourse. It's not a symptom that I like to talk about a lot, only because a lot of vagina owners do experience pain with intercourse, and it's not as a result of an STI. It can be a result of a low-lying cervix. Um, sometimes it's trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But that is one of, one of the STI symptoms that, um, like I said, it, it is one of them where you may think you have an STI, even though you both had a clean bill of health, but perhaps you start having pain with sexual intercourse where maybe your cervix is low, lying low because your cervix drops at different times of the month, depending on where you are in your cycle. Hmm. Um, but a, like being able to elude a test and get a negative And then all of a sudden the two of you together, one of you getting it with just the two of you being together is not, is not likely.
0: Okay. So it yeah. would be more similar to let's say COVID. We both get a negative test, isolate just us. Yeah. We don't see anyone you would, there would be no way to contract it. Same with. That's right. Okay. Yes. Okay, good. Okay, fair. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So to kind of sum everything up, (laughs) is there anything that you haven't, you feel like we should touch on that we haven't yet?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. So we talked about what are the kind of signs and symptoms. We talked Mm -hmm. about that there is treatment. Yeah. And we should get it yep (laughs) we talked about no blame when we do get a positive if we do get a positive result we don't go blaming ourselves first of all Mm -hmm. but then our partner too because it doesn't necessarily mean that our partner at the time or our last partner was the one that gave it to us Um, and that having that conversation comes from a, a point of caring You know, and not having to say, oh my gosh, I have gonorrhea, but saying, okay, so I went to the doctor. Yeah. I had some tests done, and I have an infection. It's also known as gonorrhea. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? You don't have to just be blatant about it. Um, I gave you that awesome website of sexinu.ca. Yeah, we'll
0: link that.
1: Yeah, I just, I feel like it's so good, and it's so good for all ages. Um, I'm a big advocate for, um good information and and like i said it's just so good and it's also like i said got everything for the lgbtq plus and which Be- is huge right now in our younger
0: kids so mm-hmm. that's really big um because you're never too like old for education or for no. old for like oh i there's some block there's some gaps in my education when it comes to my body and it's so okay to get resources whenever
1: and they're like even i think everybody has gaps in the education in their body, mm-hmm. but especially mental health and sexual health. I think we don't talk about it openly. I think we kind of hide away from it a little bit because there is so much shaming Yeah. Like, with with sexual health and mental health. It's almost not as acceptable as a piece of physical health when we kind of talk about everything. I don't uh, know. <laughs> not a huge fan of the shaming. Um, I don't think... And then testing. So before you have sex for the first time or 21st birthday, whichever is first, should have a talk with your doctor or um, healthcare provider regarding your sexual health and getting tested and birth control and protective measures. And then if you are you know, going from a relationship to a relationship, I think before every partner, and that I don't know maybe that's just a me thing <laughs> Alex is gonna kill me <laughs> <sighs> uh, we got tested yeah we did before we decided to have any kind of sexual relations he and I got tested before
0: and I think that's
1: awesome um you know what it, it, I'm gonna be honest with you because it's so rare that you actually see it it wasn't me That sparked that conversation. So now if he hears this, he's going to be like, oh my gosh, (laughs) seriously, you just shared all that information. It wasn't me that was like, I want to do this. Yeah. It was him. um, Because he had had some concerns with the previous relationship, and he was just like, I... And he came to me from that loving point of, I just need to make sure that, you know, we're safe. Mm -hmm. He didn't take me up for dinner for a big reveal, but... (laughs) I'm just saying so I think that's important like I said and then but I also understand that it's very different
0: yeah like like I'm in a point in my life where yeah I might go to the bar and bring someone home and that's totally normal and okay and I'm all for women having positive sex experiences and
1: yeah, I feel like it was, like, absolutely okay for men to always be like that. Yeah. And I still feel like there's a lot of shaming that women go through that. Um, I think you just do it safely, right? Yeah. So, in safety in all different ways. Like, you know, you don't ever leave your drink unattended. You mm-hmm. make sure you share your location with a girlfriend on your iPhone or whatever phone you use. And, you know, make sure somebody knows where you are. Yeah. And then you use a protective barrier. Yeah. When possible. Right? Yeah.
0: And then, and if you don't, get tested right away. Get tested, yeah. yeah. Or
1: if, if, like I said, that horrible thing happens where, you know, you're out at a bar and you you don't remember, you wake up with somebody, you need to go get tested. Even if you're like, I don't know if I had sex. But But you don't know. Yeah. It it doesn't matter. If you don't remember having sex, but you don't remember not having sex, (laughs) you need to go and get tested. Yeah. Right. Because it does happen. And it happens, you know, predominantly in your age group. Mm-hmm. Right? My kid will tell you every time when she leaves this house, I yell, make good choices and don't leave your drink unattended.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Because it, no, it, it is, is a thing that happens. Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, I see it, I see that often at work, actually.
0: But I think it's really awesome that people are smart enough to go get tested after that. Right? Um yeah.
1: And that's a new change because before there would have been so much shame about it. Like we mm-hmm. are we are evolving. We yeah. are slowly evolving. With things like this though. Yeah. Right? This this that you're doing is wonderful because it's starting the conversation.
0: Yeah. Conversations that need to be had and mm-hmm. people need to find this information and a lot of people are nervous about asking questions when Yeah. And because that's a shame too, like even the way it was in the classroom, some people knew more than others and it was like, oh, if you (laughs) raised your hand and you asked a question that everyone in the class already knew, it was like there was some sort of shame there too that you're uninformed when there really shouldn't be.
1: You know what? And I remember when I came to you guys in grade six, which feels like forever ago, but I remember saying that because remember we had the boys separate from Mm -hmm. the girls. (laughs) It was like, okay. And I remember saying that, Listen. If you have a question, you need to ask it because I can guarantee that if you think everybody in this class knows it, if you have that one question, at least one other person doesn't know that. Yeah. And they're not comfortable going to their mom or their dad or their sister or their auntie, but I'm a stranger. You can just ask me and I'll give the information and then that's it. You guys had it harder because you knew me (laughs) and then you'd have to see (laughs) me there, but it worked (laughs) because you called me later. Yeah. Right? And And I remember that phone conversation where my kid was like,
0: uh, mom.
1: Can you talk to Lainey? I was like, yeah, I can talk to her, sure.
0: (laughs) No, but it it is good. And a lot of people, I think they're, I sometimes I'm like, would my mom know all of the information? So it's nice to, and I think a lot of people feel that way too. Like I know now that I've taught my mom a lot about sex ed, which is awesome because we're, we're kind of changing roles in some ways. Right. So, and I feel like a lot of my peers might be in the same situation where they're like, well, if I ask my parents these questions, they're not going to know the answer. So who do I ask? Yeah. And,
1: or they're going to be disappointed in me. Yeah. Right? And I think it comes with age too, but I think there's still a lot of my peers that, you know, expect their children to wait till they're married or, you know, and, and that works for them, mm-hmm. but it might not work for their kids. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're asking their peers the information and they're not getting the right information. And then it's risky behavior. Yeah. You're you're hiding things. Like, which is hard. We were, we're, yeah. It's hard. I'm glad that you and your mom are having the open and honest conversations. Yeah. Because that is, honestly, so brave of your mom. (laughs) It is. It's so brave of you guys to have these open and honest conversations. Because my kid sometimes is like, okay, mom, I just need you to stop. But I'm like, but you need the information. Yeah. You need
0: the information, right? It It is really important. Yeah, it, I think yeah. we covered it all. I think so. Okay. Unless you've
1: got anything else. No, like, I think just I... You me. Yes.
0: <laughs> you like, hey, Melissa. You need to just add another intro into the book. I
1: know, right? I know. Here's our phone conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, okay. thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank
1: you for having me. Woo. Let's just make this pretty uh, open and easy, and stop shaming about all of this sexual talk. Cause yeah, is, we all do it. We all. And you know what? And when I when I looked at this thing, and it says like a million a day from the who? Yeah, a million a day. Oh my gosh! I don't know how we don't all have an STI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming some people have multiple like that's a crazy number that right? Is. so whatever go have fun use a condom use a barrier method honest to goodness if you're in a you know, monogamous relationship then get tested before you do it mm-hmm.
0: and even then pregnancy still
1: yes <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother thing yeah today's was
0: just STIs <laughs> pregnancy could be
1: pregnancy just one time too right yeah how many times just one just time. one time all
0: right one partner one time one
1: partner one time it's all it takes yeah both things both things it applies both ways
0: <laughs> not five times nope. there's not a number of how many people no. no that's it it's just one time one time
1: all right <laughs>
0: excellent anyways thank you for listening and subscribe for more conversations like this one